Our gospel lesson is going to come this morning from John chapter 14. We're reading John 14, verses 23 through 29. John 14, 23 through 29. And I invite you to stand as you're able, in body or in spirit, for the reading of our gospel lesson. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am so with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You've heard me say I am going away and I'm coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it occurs, you may believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. My first car, my first car growing up was a late 80s Pontiac Le Mans. And if you do not know the luxury that is, the late 80s Pontiac Le Mans. Let me tell you, you have not experienced the finer things in life. Um, this was an older car, a pretty beat-up car, not worth a whole lot of money, which was a really smart choice by my parents. Because I'm not a great driver now. Amen? Come on. I'm giving you a chance, Tim. Come on. It's a softball. Come on. Let's just say no one, drive, no one lets me drive when we go on staff road trips. So I'm not a great driver now, but I'm much better than I was when I was a teenager. My, my children are much better drivers than I ever dreamed of being at their age. I was a terrible driver. It just Driving means you've got to pay attention, you know, all these type of things. Imagine how bad I'd have been if I had a cell phone back then, Tim. I know. I might not have made it this long. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I had so many accidents. And they weren't bad accidents. They were just the not paying attention accidents. I, I hit mailboxes. I hit guide wires. I hit random deer. I hit all kind of stuff. Nothing terrible. Just enough to irritate you. Just enough to, let me rephrase it, just enough to irritate my father. How about that? So going into my senior year, Daddy said, if you have one more accident, I'm not fixing it. We're not paying for it. You're done. Like, no more accidents. So, okay, great. So I'm going over to one of my friend's house, and I'm driving over to his house, and there's a big curve before you get to his house. And out in the country where I grew up, it was not uncommon for people to build big wooden containers for their garbage. You know, you'd build these wooden containers out in the country. You put your garbage in it. You close it down so the, dog, so the dogs can't get into it. You know, because the dogs get in your trash, throw it everywhere. So that, that was nearly every house out where I lived had a big wooden container. So I'm driving my friend's house, and this, friend, this other friend of mine lives in the, a curve, and I look up to see if he's home, and so I'm not paying attention, and I just drive straight off the road and hit the garbage, the wooden garbage container. Just take my back bumper completely off. Not completely off. My back bumper is hanging on by a thread. So I drive home, dragging my bumper 
to my house. And I, I, I didn't know what Dad was going to do. Pull, you know, so I was like the metaphorical dog going home with his tail between his legs, except my tail was my bumper. So I'm driving home, and I get to the house, and Daddy comes out. And he's like, well, I told you. I'm like, well, what are we going to do? He's like, I don't know. So we started thinking about it. So Daddy went out to the shed and got two things. Got some baling wire that we have in the shed. And he took the baling wire, and he attached it to a nut in the bumper, and then attached that baling wire to a nut in the, by the gas tank. And so he put it together with baling wire, and then my car was gray, so we got gray duct tape. So my entire senior year, my car was literally held together with the duct tape and bailing wire. Like, this is not a metaphor. This is not a joke. It was literal silver duct tape and bailing wire is what held my bumper on. So that's what held it all together. My senior year of high school, my Pontiac Le Mans duct tape and bailing wire. It held it together. Today's Mother's Day. And when we think about families, we normally think about moms and how they hold it together. Now, I say this to you every Mother's Day and Father's Day. I don't know how this day lands for you. I, I really, I don't know. For some of us, today is a wonderful day. It's a day we, we celebrate our children so many of us after, after church today are going to go home and eat dinner together, as eat lunch as a family together. We're looking forward to it. So for many of us, that's, that's what we're looking forward to. Or, or many of us, we're going to leave church today and call our mom and wish our mom a happy birthday. And it's just a wonderful, joyous day for so many of us. But there's others where that's not where we are today. For some of us, this is the first Mother's Day without our mom, or maybe the 10th Mother's Day without our mom, and it still hurts. For others, our, our home life may not have been great, and maybe we don't have the warm, fuzzy stories others share about Mother's Day. Are, are there are those here this morning that may so desperately want to be mothers and have been unable. Or maybe the moms today that have buried a child and this day is more bittersweet. I, I, I don't know where this day hits you. And I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge that for many of us, Mother's Day is a day of joy and rejoicing and of happiness and of life. But there are others amongst us for whom this is a difficult day. And as the Bible says, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. So this morning, no matter how this day hits you, know that God is with us no matter where we find ourselves. So, what holds it all together? Well, for my old car, it was literally duct tape and bailing wire. But what holds our families together? And so often we think about how our moms hold our families together. And, but, but what is it about? What is it that makes family? What, what makes family family? Is, 
Is family um, loyalty? And, and by the way, there's, there's something to be said for loyalty. I mean, loyalty is a, a huge thing. I'm a big, big, big believer in loyalty, loyalty. In a day of shifting allegiances and shifting priorities, loyalty might be among one of the greatest virtues a person can have in their life. We're called to be loyal. And family is loyal to each other. Because let's be honest, y'all, there's times we don't much like each other. And we're still loyal to each other, aren't we? So is it loyalty that is what defines family or makes family? Well, that's part of it, sure, but there's more than loyalty. Is it blood? You want to see saying blood is thicker than water? Yeah, and blood, blood is somewhat what makes us family. I mean, we, you know, we all have, I've joked forever, so I, I, I want to, and I'm both afraid to do one of those ancestry DNA type things. Because I don't know if I have any, any murderers in my family. I'm kind of excited about finding that out. You know, I don't, because I don't know, I don't know any family history, really. Like, um, you know how the typical person has four streams that flow into them? Your mom's two parents and your dad's two parents. You got four streams going into you. I know one stream. I know my mom's mom's stream. I don't know her father's stream, because that was the, the Ecuador family that I don't know anything about. And then I have no idea about my biological father's families. I don't know anything about them. I could have every disease known to mankind in my body right now, y'all. Isn't that exciting? I could have all of them. Like, that's kind of cool. So I, have, I, I don't know that. I am by blood, not a stoddard. My kids have more stoddard blood in them than I do. I'm not biologically a stoddard. I'm adopted. So it can't be just blood that makes you family. So loyalty is part of it. And, and blood is part of it. But there's more. In fact, I would argue loyalty and blood are simply derivatives, are outgrowths, side effects, if you will, of what it is that actually makes family, family. And that's what Jesus is talking about today in our text. And what makes family, family is love. Is love. It's love that binds us together. It's love that holds us together. It's love that is our duct tape and bailing wire of our families. Because love has to it, without a doubt, an element of loyalty. You're loyal to those who you love. And love has to it, that element of biology. Because there is that, there is that unique biological impulse to love those with whom we're related. But love is so much bigger than that. Love is so much grander than that. And love is so much more sacrificial than that. So we see, the Je- we see Jesus today in our text. Talk about that. Those who keep my commands, those who love me, keep my commands. This, this John chapter 14 passage is a wonderful passage. I talked about this in my, my Sunday school class this morning. This is Jesus teaching. Um, we hear this passage a lot at funerals. 
Because it starts off in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, what I've told you, that I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and take you to myself, so that where there I am, you may be also. You, you've heard this passage a million times. You've heard this. If it, I, I'm making a place for you. I'm preparing a place for you. Jesus is saying, I love you. He says here, I will not leave you orphaned. You are mine. And because you are mine, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to go and take you to myself. I'm going to go and bring you to me because I love you and you are mine. It is love. It is love that Jesus is telling us here that defines us. It is love that binds us together as his followers. It is love that binds us together as his children. Love. But not that, no offense, Hallmark, movie channel, ooey gooey love. Because that's not the love of a mom. A mom's love is ooey-gooey sometimes. But a mom's love is also this. I was talking Friday morning. Our weekday ministry had uh, muffins with mom. By the way, you moms got to be muffined out, right? Because there's been a lot of moms and muffins this week. So y'all, next year we need to do like melons for mom or mongooses for mom or something. Just move on from muffins. But I was talking with some of the moms Friday morning. And I said, yeah, there's this weird impulse that happens when you become a parent, or particularly a mom. Like, you know there's something broken inside your brain when you're a parent. When you're at a, at a meal with your children, and they spit up, they throw up. And what's your first impulse? To try to catch it. That's disgusting. And that's not normal human behavior. That's, that's what broken people do. And let's be clear. It's moms that go for that impulse first, not dads. Holly's done a lot more vomit catching in her life than I have. That's not ooey-gooey. Well, I guess it's ooey-gooey, but a different kind of ooey-gooey. It's more gooey than ooey. That's love, y'all. It's love that sits beside the bed table, the bedside, and checks the temperature every two hours. It's love that kisses the bruised knee and places the Band-Aid. It's love that makes the favorite meal when the child comes home from college. It's love that never quits, never relents, never gives up. That's what it is, y'all. And that, that is what binds us together as families. It's what binds us together as the family. Because we're going to see what Jesus says. Jesus says this, this is my father and my mother and my brother and my sisters, those who do the will of my father. Jesus is constantly expanding the family. What do we call each other as Christians but brothers and sisters? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. 
It's love that binds us together. And not just that warm saccharine sentimentality, but the sacrifice that so many of us have seen in our mothers. The sacrifice that so many of us as parents feel towards our children. That impulse to lay down our lives for someone else is that love that binds our families together and is that love that is displayed for us most of all in the person of Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us that we may live. See, y'all, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of Scripture. That's the beauty of faith. The Bible has this thing where something is an example of or a type of something else. Let me give you what I mean by that. Go to the Passover. On the Passover, we see the people of God, they take the perfect lamb. And that perfect lamb is sacrificed. And then the Israelites would take the blood of that perfect lamb and apply the blood of that perfect lamb to the doorpost of their home. And when the angel of death passes by, the angel of death sees the blood of the lamb and passes by the Israelites. Come on, we know that's Jesus, right? Come on. We see in the Passover a foreshadowing, a type, if you will, of the sacrifice and the love that Jesus has for his children. When the perfect lamb is sacrificed and the blood of the lamb is applied to the heart of the believer, salvation is attained. The Passover is pointing us to that. So y'all, that's the beauty of our families. That's the beauty of love. So if in your life, if in your life you have had that mother who loved you, if you have had that mother who sacrificed for you, if you have had that mother who laid down her life, her dreams, her goals, her whatever, for you, for the good of your family, for the good of your life, so that you can achieve and attain, if you have had a mother in your life who has done that for you, you have seen a type or an example of God's love for us. It is in that love that we see God's love for us. And likewise, friends, you know how hard it is to love your kids sometimes? None of the kids in here, obviously. All the kids in here are perfect, obviously. I'm talking about the other kids. You know how hard it is sometimes? You know how frustrated you can get? And you also know how there's not a single thing that your child could ever do to keep you from loving them. That it's literally impossible for your child to do anything to keep you from loving them. The Bible says this. If we who are sinful know how to give good gifts to our children... How much more does our perfect Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to us? So as parents, as mothers, that love that we have for our children that feels so overwhelming that sometimes our heart breaks because of how strong it is, that love is nothing compared to the perfect love that our Father has for us.
So if we have experienced that love of a mother, of a family, then we have experienced or seen the love that God has for us. And then if we, if we feel that compulsion to love our children, then we've experienced just a part, a type, a taste of God's love for us. But here, see, here's the great thing about God. Let's say we haven't had that. Let's say that our relationship with our mother or our family has been terrible. Let's say we don't know what that love feels like. Let's say we don't know that. Well, then God's love comes. And it is that balm that heals the wound of life. In some ways, God's love is a type that points to his love. But in other ways, God's love is a balm that heals the broken places in our life and what we are lacking and what we do not have. And likewise, if we've never known, had the love of a child, then we serve a God whose love overwhelms even that. And his love heals that brokenness. So if we've experienced that love in any way, praise God. Thank God for it. But if there is that woundedness, if there is that brokenness, if there is that pain, we serve a God whose love covers even the broken places of our life. Holly has a birthmark on her arm right here. I think it's on her left arm. If you were to look below her, her, her sleeve, you'd see it. It looks, it really does look like somebody grabbed her by the arm and squeezed her. One time years ago, we were at a, a swimming party when the kids were little, and she was swimming, and one of the other moms saw that birthmark. It looked like a bruise. She went to her and said, are, are you okay? Is everything okay at home? Yeah, like I'm going to mess with her. She'd kill me. I ain't messing with her. Like, she's the handy one at the house. It ain't me. I'm useless. But I think about that birthmark. It's always there. Marked her. Can't miss it. As Christians, love is our birthmark. Love is our birthmark. God has marked us with his love. It's how we know that we're his. It's the gift of the spirit that he's given to us. In Corinthians, he says the greatest of all the spiritual gifts that we can attain, aspire to is love. Not just that ooey-gooey love, but that sacrificial love that Christ has for us. That's the mark that he's placed upon us where we know that we are his. But likewise, we have that birthmark. And that love, that love is how the world knows that we are his. Not only does the love that we have in our hearts for each other and for him remind us that we have been marked by the Holy Spirit and that we are his, but that love that we have, that love that we display, that love that we sacrifice, that love points others to Jesus. And that love is the mark that God has placed upon us so the world will know that we're his. 
I love what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15. It says this, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that you have. I love that passage. In other words, we should live so radically in love with God, so radically in love with neighbor, so radically devoted to Jesus that folks go, what's wrong with you? Why do you live like that? Why do you love like that? And the answer to that question is Jesus. Jesus. That's why I live like that and why I love like that. He has marked me as his own. He has given me his love. He has given us his love. And that love is our birthmark. It's how we know that we are his. And it's how the world knows that we are his. Let's thank God for the birthmark we have of love. Let's thank God for our families. Let's pray.